Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 10th of June, and the Dow Jones overnight down 153. Our futures down three, which follows a 22.4 yesterday, but our market doing a fair bit better than that today. We are up 30, with banks doing okay, and some of the industrials doing all right. Resources a bit weak. A particularly good performance from ResMed, which is up 4%. They they spoke at a Goldman Sachs conference, I believe, and they talked about their non-COVID businesses seeing a recovery in numbers. And the share price chart is in the strategy piece looking very nice today. It's a bit of a quiet time in the market at the moment. We are after that US results season or in that period after the US results season ahead of our own results season, which is still six weeks away in August. And we've got the long weekend coming up. And most of the Northern Hemisphere goes on holiday in the summer. So it's all a bit quiet. What we are about to enter, though, is the confession zone, which is after the end of June, when some company CFOs get their first look at what the results have been like for the last six months or three months in particular, and suddenly realize that it's out of kilter with what the stock market's expecting, and they go and tell everybody about it. So we are about to enter this confession season, which starts at the end of this month and runs up until August. So we have a month of people telling us that their results are going to be good or bad, which can be a bit of a dangerous time. So just diddling along at the moment. The main number in the short term is going to be the CPI number in the US tonight. I'm sure it's going to be an anticlimax, but it obviously could tip the market over. It is potentially a pivot point, these inflation concerns. But even if it's a high number, you'll probably find it being explained away, which is already already the message in some of the overnight news wires that this will be the peak number for inflation in the US. It'll come down from here. But either way, CPI number in the US tonight, and that'll be followed by the FOMC meeting, US Central Bank meeting next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. And that will address possibly the other big debate, which is when the US FOMC are going to start tapering. The last meeting, they said that they, and this has been a message from a number of Fed governors, so presumably they're trying to pass this message that they are going to talk about talking about tapering. They are obviously very paranoid about causing a taper tantrum a la 19, sorry, not 19, 2000, that shows my age, 2018 when the market fell 15% on the clear message from the Fed that they were going to pull back on asset purchases or quantitative easing. They don't want that to happen again, so they are doing no more than talking about talking about tapering, and that might be the message in the FOMC meeting, depending on the inflation number, of course. Other little things going on, the US, or sorry, China is trying to, or making noises about controlling commodity prices again. Iron ore price up 1.5% overnight. Gold price up a dollar. The inflation number is important for gold as well. Gold seems an inf- uh, a hedge against inflation. If the inflation number's high tonight, you should see gold pop up again. And you might remember yesterday in the strategy piece, I, I uh, wrote about Macquarie's view that the recent rally in gold was entirely inflation related. So that could all end or reignite tonight on the CPI number. Bitcoin up a bit overnight. It's 24% off the bottom and forming a bit of a, a base despite the imperial interference this week. Chart of that in the strategy piece today. Biogen for those interested in Alzheimer's. Biogen continues to go up after the announcement of an FDA approval of a Alzheimer's therapy this week, which is a good sign. And I've put in the strategy piece today a new style chart 
with moving averages on an ASX 200 chart with four moving averages on. It's a bit of a, if you know what guppy is, a bit of a guppy style chart of a spread of moving averages. A short one, which is 14 days, 26 day, 50 day and 100 day. And if the market's in uptrend, the short moving averages are above the longer moving averages. And as you'll see on the chart, every one of these four moving averages are where they should be for an uptrend market, very much in uptrend. And without much else to talk about today. I have done a few paragraphs on technical basics, which is looking at moving averages. We look at the bet makers chart and see how the short term moving averages crash through the next two moving averages, which is supposed to be a sell signal. It's not really about bet makers. It's more about giving you basics on moving averages. You might have a read of that. You might be aware of WD GAN, the GAN fan, which is a technical indicator on almost every commercial piece of charting software. And his theories occupy a chapter in every course on technical analysis. But in a book called Trading for a Living, a chap called Alexander Elder wrote that various opportunists sell GAN courses and GAN software. They claim that GAN was one of the best traders who ever lived, that he left a $50 million estate and so on. I interviewed WD GAN's son, an analyst for a Boston bank. He told me that his famous father could not support his family by trading, but earned his living by writing and selling instructional courses. When WD D. Gann died in the 1950s. His estate, including his house, was valued at slightly over $100,000. The legend of W.D. Gann, the giant of trading, is perpetuated by those who sell courses and other paraphernalia to gullible customers. That's the quote out of this book about Gann. Anyway, the point about that is that there is technical analysis, and technical analysis can be an academic study. There's technical analysis, and there is using technical analysis to make money trading. And there are two different things. There was actually a bit of a fight in a particular technical analyst association about 20 years ago, I remember, where the disagreement was from the incumbent chairman who wanted to or wanted the association to remain an academic institution. Apparently, he'd never traded a share in his life. And his board, who were younger, who wanted the association to start using technical analysis to educate members on how to trade. You get the idea. There's technical analysis and there's trading. Technical analysis can get very nerdy and sometimes it doesn't help you make money. Anyway, read the paragraph today. Ultimately, technical analysis is a fabulous way to find ideas, monitor your holdings, create a discipline for selling, alert you to things. But to achieve that, you have to understand the indicators, not just slavishly follow them. You have to, it's not very complicated. You just have to understand a little bit of the maths behind them. And then you can tailor them to help you do the things you want to do. It's not something you just have faith in. Anyway, also in the strategy piece today, I have a section called going down the rabbit hole. We look at the top 20 of bet makers just to make the point that as yet, they may turn up later, but as yet, there's almost no selling amongst the top shareholders at all. In fact, there's been quite a lot of buying despite the recent savage share price fall. And I noticed that Paradise Investment Management, which of course was founded by David Paradise, very highly regarded fund manager, they run about 15 billion 
billion, I believe, a number of funds, including Australian equities, mid cap, small cap, some global funds. Anyway, as you see Paradise appear on the share register of betmakers, you then think, oh, I wonder what else Paradise have got. So I've shown you that as well. Their top 50 holdings and whether they're buying or selling, they're selling a couple of their major, seem to be trimming anyway. These tables are never really to be relied on too much, but they appear to be trimming Instech Pivot and Reliance, RWC and IPL, which are two of their biggest holdings, and buying Star Entertainment, Iluca, Pendle and Galaxy Resources and others. You can have a look at them all in there. But just interesting to see what a highly regarded fund manager is buying and selling. And this is something you can do on Bloomberg and Reuters. And it can spur a thousand ideas. You can sometimes follow from a top 20 into a fund manager, into the stocks to see who holds those and then what they hold. And before you know where you are, it's midnight. Anyway, going down the rabbit hole of chasing who's doing what in the stock market. I do a little bit of that in the strategy piece today. And that is about it. So steady as we go, as I leave you down futures up 40. As I leave you, I'll also give you a job advertisement. We are looking for a digital marketing expert, someone to handle our marketing, most of which is online, if you know anybody. Tell them to send me their resume based in Melbourne, Bayside, Melbourne. That's about that. You have a fabulous day. We'll see what the US does tonight. I will speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.